This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and happy Monday. Welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. I want to start with a question tonight. Did you know, did you know that it's legal for the North Dakota Attorney General to file a subpoena for your bank records and you'll never know it? He can file a subpoena to get access to your bank records here in North Dakota and you will never know. That is an actual law in the books in North Dakota. we got a fascinating discussion coming up about that later in the show. We want to start tonight, though, with the crisis at our southern border. Uh, President Biden and the president of Mexico, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, had a virtual conversation earlier today talking about bilateral agreements, obviously immigration as well. And we want to start this conversation with President Trump. He spoke at CPAC. Some are calling it TPAC, Trump PAC now, because... Many people are suggesting, obviously, the grip that he's got on the Republican Party. Um, I want to share with you a couple of, they do a lot of straw polls at CPAC. I'm going to share a couple of straw polls with you and then dive into more what President Trump said yesterday and how that ties into the crisis at our southern border. So first off, the straw poll looking at presidential candidates in 2024. President Trump far and away leading the pack here at 55%. So he's leading everybody by a large margin. I think the thing that's interesting to note at 55%, you know, not overwhelming support for President Trump, but clear, clearly a lot more than anybody else in that poll. And it's important to remember it's early. Now, here's the issues. They also did a straw poll on the most important issues to the people that were there that were part of this event. So election integrity came in at number one. Constitutional rights came in at number two. And then you can see their immigration and border wall came in at number three. Now, President Trump spent a large portion of the uh, initial part of his conversation talking about immigration and whatnot, but I want to start here tonight because constitutional rights came in at number two. I think a lot of you now are starting to see some of the amazing things that are being taught within our classrooms. We talked about this last week. I did a quick video on it, had hundreds and hundreds of share about the, the social studies curriculum in Minnesota. So I, I want to play this for you tonight because I think it ties into the constitutional rights piece, but also this is one of President Trump's biggest applause lines from yesterday talking about education for our children. Here it is. We believe in patriotic education and strongly oppose the radical indoctrination of America's youth. It's horrible. We are committed to defending innocent life and to upholding the Judeo-Christian values of our founders and of our founding. And I intentionally had uh, Anna put that applause on there because I mean it, it went on and on and on standing ovation talking about you know patriotic education now as I mentioned a moment ago President Trump spent a lot of time talking about immigration and really the crisis that we're now facing down at our southern border and it's not just President Trump saying this I'm going to share with you some very interesting uh, Democrats that are talking about the issues at the southern border as well uh, with immigration but I want to lay this out for you this is a little bit longer clip from President Trump from yesterday but just to give you full context of what he had to say, here's President Trump from yesterday. Joe Biden has triggered a massive flood of illegal immigration into our country, the likes of which we have never seen before. They're coming up by the tens of thousands. They're all coming to take advantage of the things that he said that's luring everybody to come to America. And we're one country. We can't afford the problems of the world as much as we'd love to. We'd love to help, but we can't do that. So they're all coming because of promises and foolish words. 
Perhaps worst of all, Joe Biden's decision to cancel border security has single-handedly launched a youth migrant crisis that is enriching child smugglers, vicious criminal cartels, and some of the most evil people on the planet. You see it every day. Just turn on the news. You'll see it every day. Under my administration, we stopped the child smugglers. We dismantled the criminal cartels. We greatly limited drug and human trafficking to a level that nobody actually thought was possible. And the wall helped us a lot. And we protected vulnerable people from the ravages of dangerous predators. And that's what they are, dangerous, dangerous predators. So what he's referring to there, obviously, is that coyotes that are smuggling people across our borders. I heard a story just before I came on the air about some young people that actually were deserted down in the deserts of Mexico because of the cold weather by coyotes. I mean, they're unfortunately about the money, these coyotes, right? They don't care about what's going on with the actual people. And look, don't just, you know, many people can say, oh, that's President Trump and, you know, the conversation some people have about him regarding people from Mexico and whatnot. But, but it's not just him now that is raising concerns about the crisis at the border. I want to share with you some interesting information. This is from a Democrat uh, from a district that borders Mexico and Texas. Uh, Representative Cuellar is his name, but I want to share with you an actual quote from this article. And he says, look, smugglers are likely going to use the shift in immigration tactics, meaning that coyotes. And he says they're going to convince migrants to come to the United States. He goes on, and I'm quoting here, the bad guys know how to market this. What he's saying is the coyotes know how to say, hey, look, looks like there's going to be some more openings at the southern border. Pay me money. I'll help get you there. And as I just mentioned a moment ago, they don't really care if they cross the border or not, or these people, once they get your money. Here's another article from Axios I want to share with you because you heard President Trump talk about how a lot of times the, the, the new policies are pushing young people into the hands of these smugglers, these coyotes. This is coming up in May, potentially. There is a um, Border Patrol person talked to Axios, gave them a scoop suggesting that we could see 13,000, 13,000 migrant children at the southern border in May. Now, obviously, it's not going to have freezing temperatures down there in May, but still, that is a lot of young people without adults being smuggled by coyotes at the border. And here's one of the kickers that I want to share with you tonight. So. This is a Democrat mayor from Del Rio, Texas. Again, not a conservative, not a Republican. This is a video he put together. I'm going to share with you just some of it because I think it, it really shares and shows the real concerns and the crisis now that's happening at the southern borders as we change our Stay in Mexico program. We change the asylum protocol. We change the catch and release situation. Again, Democrat mayor from Del Rio, Texas. Here's some of his video. Mr. President, my name is Bruno Lozano, mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, and I am pleading and requesting with you to please put a halt to any measures regarding the release of immigrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio and surrounding areas. We do not have the resources available to house and accommodate these migrants within our community. I will have no choice but to use the extreme measure under the emergency declaration as the mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, to refuse the entry of migrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio. If you do send these individuals into our community, we will be forced to make a decision to leave them without resources under these dire circumstances. I am asking to please stop. Please make another plan for this federal issue. If you're going to allow these individuals into our community, I respectfully ask that you provide the means and the supplies necessary to accommodate them safely under these extreme circumstances. 
This administration has taken a firm stance on COVID-19 protections for Americans. I am asking you to ensure the health and safety of all of our taxpaying citizens along the border are treated with the same urgent consideration. Releasing the migrant population without any COVID-19 protection protocols is undermining your commitment to the stance against COVID-19. Again, that's a Democrat mayor from Del Rio, Texas, not a staunch conservative, saying, hey, Mr. President, we cannot handle, our town cannot handle the resources. We need this coronavirus test now. A couple things that are important to note. Earlier today, I read an article with Joe Biden, you know, uh, the president of Mexico, because they, they don't have the vaccine in Mexico, right? So he was asking, hey, can you guys share with us? Um, according to this article, Joe Biden said, no, we're not going to share the vaccine right now. We need to make sure we put America first. So kudos to President Biden for that. On the flip side, you've got the president of Mexico. He wants to create a worker program now with the United States to, to potentially bring in another 600 to 800,000 workers from across the border in the United States, not just seasonal workers either. You and I both know if you flood the market with more workers, it's only going to depress wages. People are having a challenging enough time right now to make ends meet with this COVID-19 situation. You flood the borders uh, with more supply. It's just basic economics. So very important information there regarding what's going on with immigration, some of the new policies. Would love to know your point of view. We saw there as far as um, what's happening because it's important that you keep your eye on these southern borders. Now, as you can see there with Texas, I mean, Texas is going to have enough challenges just with the immigration situation, let alone what's happened as of late because of the situation with the grid. So we're going to get more because there's some fascinating new information coming out of Texas regarding the grid from point of views, Anna Johnson. Anna. Thank you, Chris. Bloomberg is reporting that Brazos Electric Power Cooperative is the first to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy following the power outages in Texas last week, but they won't be the last. Power companies, including some here in North Dakota and Minnesota, levied power interruptions and blackouts on millions of people during the storm that swept the U.S. in the aftermath of the power outages. Brazos issued billing for an estimated $2.1 billion, a 271% increase over all of 2020. The bankruptcy will allow the member-owned company to continue operating in its 68 Texas counties while it comes up with a plan to repay creditors. During the blackouts in Texas, more than 4 million homes and businesses went without heat, electricity, and water, which caused an estimated $130 billion in economic losses. Texas has an isolated power grid, with 64% of its power coming from coal and gas, 11% from nuclear, and 25% from wind and solar. Like other counties and states, they experienced effects that the heavy snow and ice had on the wind and solar resources. That, paired with shutdowns of gas and thermal power plants during the surge, meant that companies who could not produce enough electricity had to buy from other providers, resulting in skyrocketing energy bills for consumers. You may have heard of the gentleman that received a $17,000 power bill. Well, the Texas Attorney General is now suing at least one provider for excessive energy charges. While there has been criticism of wind and solar power as a baseload source, especially with the harsh weather conditions, climate change is still a prominent topic in Washington. The COVID relief package by the House passed early Saturday morning included $100 million to address pollution and clean energy initiatives. Chris? Thank you very much for that, Anna. Just want to be clear to you. She said 17,000 power bill, not 17,000 power ball winner person had a $17,000 power bill. And we talked about this with Eugene Grainer in one of our great segments with him. We have him 
want to remind you we live stream those every Tuesday and typically Thursday as well around 2.30. But he'd shown you how, look, because of what was going on with the price of energy, natural gas was just skyrocketing. He said, be aware, you're going to see some buildings, some offices, one that won't be able to pay their bills to the point now, as Anna just mentioned, one company, and it's not going to be the last, filing BK, a utility company filing for BK. Please share your point of view with us. A lot to digest there. All right, coming up, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's an actual law in the books here in North Dakota that legally, legally allows the North Dakota Attorney General to file a subpoena on your bank records, education records, and you may never know. We're going to talk about that and much more coming up with David Thompson after this. And as always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.